Getting Better Healthcare is brought to you in part by Leo Pharma. Every American is acutely aware of the issues surrounding our healthcare system. We know miracles can happen, but we find ourselves bombarded by conflicting information and are uncertain of what and whom we can trust. We have some of the best medical care in the world for those who can afford it. Incredible new drugs that change people's lives but can be very costly. Many of the best doctors the world has ever seen, but not all are perfect. That's why Dr. Steve Feldman created the show, Getting Better Healthcare, to help walk us through the labyrinth, helping us understand how to take better care of ourselves and to better understand the challenges, issues, controversies, and complexities of our healthcare system as it exists and as it could be. For better healthcare and a better healthcare system, listen to the doctor. Now, here's Steve. Welcome to another edition of Getting Better Healthcare on webtalkradio.net. I'm your host. Dr. Steve Feldman, founder of the DrScore.com physician rating website. The Association of American Medical Colleges is the organization that certifies the schools that teach medical students, training them to become our future physicians. The organization recently put out a report entitled Behavioral and Social Science Foundations for Future Physicians. To speak to us about the social and behavioral foundations of medicine and the impact of this report, we have with us Dr. Rita Sharon, MD, PhD. She's professor of clinical medicine and executive director in the program in narrative medicine at Columbia University in New York. Dr. Sharon, welcome to the program. Thank you so much, and thank you for letting us talk about this important topic. Yeah, well, I I think it's exciting that that uh, we're going to stress that um, young physicians uh, learn more about the social and behavioral sciences. What what are the social and behavioral sciences? The social and behavioral sciences are the ones that teach us and examine aspects of behavior, culture, um, family, religion, all those aspects of what we as human beings do as either patients or families or doctors or nurses uh, that are not, you know, part of your organs or bones, but rather part of how you make choices and live your life as a, as a human. It, so presumably we have been stressing the biochemistry and the anatomy and the physiology, um, if not too much, at least we've been stressing these other things too little relative to the the more hard sciences that people talk about? Well, and it stands to reason that medicine was developed as a response to illness and disease, and that these come from um, the body, uh, how can I say, not functioning perfectly, growing over decades and centuries is the realization that it's not just the organs and tissues that need attention, but all the consequences of being in pain, being uh, disabled, suffering, uh, dying. Um, And more and more now, things like choosing to smoke, being overweight, having a stressful life, not exercising enough, that these things are what's getting us sick 
and that these things, our behaviors, are also ways that we can get better. Broadly, it sounds like we can classify how the, the social and behavioral sciences are relevant in, in terms of either causing disease, barriers to treatment, and then possibly even actually treating disease. Can we talk about each of those? Oh, yeah. Let's yeah. Start, start with causing disease. It sounds like you, you already touched on that with, um, with weight and diet, smoking. Mm-hmm. I, I think it's become common knowledge that the things that are taking away our health, cardiovascular disease, heart attacks, strokes, um, are, uh, can be traced back to what we eat, how we eat, whether we smoke, how we smoke, how we exercise, whether we don't exercise, and these are more and more being proven. Certainly the tobacco uh, uh, connection with both lung disease and heart disease are being proven as the causative agent. Um, so we have an obligation to patients and to the nation's health to find effective means to alter those causes. This report, did it focus on developing research in those areas or did it focus more on teaching our young doctors to address these issues? Yes. Uh, report. So I was the chair of a committee that was convened by the Association of American Medical Colleges. That's the largest and most prominent professional society for um, uh, faculty at medical school. And the, this association, the AAMC, is the one that really sets standards and governs uh, aspects of what it is that's taught to medical students throughout uh, the U.S. and, and um, also parts of Canada. So we take part in things like deciding whether or not a medical stu- a school should be um, certified, you see. Mm-hmm. So it's a major mm-hmm. organization with clout in what all medical students need to know in order to be effective doctors. And um, the association typically um, publishes reports on many different kinds of uh, uh, curriculum. You know, what should students know about geriatrics? What should medical students know about oral health, et cetera? Um, There was just, oh, about a year ago, a major, very large, high-impact report called... um, uh, biomedical sciences fundamental uh, uh, fundamental to the future physician sciences or foundational to the future physician and this was all the biosciences so that report covered all the biochemistry and the anatomy and the physiology and then the association convened my group because they realized once that first report was out that covered the sciences, that we needed a companion report. Mine was called the Behavioral and Social Science Foundation for Future Physicians, showing that it wasn't enough to, uh, you know, examine what should be taught in the, in the hard sciences, but that at the same time, we had to make similarly high-impact 
recommendations on what medical students should be taught in psychology, in sociology, in anthropology, in communication, in uh, um, policy, in economics, all of these social sciences. Um, it, 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 it's not too soon for that. You know, I, I just think of my own practice on a daily basis. It seems like I use almost no biochemistry. Yeah. Almost no pharmacology. Yeah. I spend pretty much, uh, I mean, the, the parts of um, what I do that encompass that probably could be done by a computer. Oh. And um, pretty much what I spend my time doing is addressing yeah. the, the psychological, so social aspects of, of disease. And yeah. um, besides um, causing disease, um, I, I noticed the report covered barriers to treatment. What kind of barriers were they talking about? Oh. Uh, how many doctors and patients don't speak the same language or um, uh, have inbuilt suspicion of one another or just don't find ways to be effective partners? Many patients don't have access to health care, so that this opens all the health policy issues about um, insurance coverage, universal access. Uh, we all know the um, terrible uh, 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 statistics on health, health disparity, where persons of color, persons of lower socioeconomic uh, uh, status are less healthy by virtue of that. So these all constitute barriers. Uh, barriers to treatment can also be, you know, a patient is afraid of insulin. So she's not going to use needles to give herself the insulin she needs for her diabetes. Or a patient can't afford to buy the cholesterol pills that, uh, that the doctor has, has prescribed. So the, the barriers are not just, no, I can't take that, I'm allergic to it <laughs> biologically, but all of these other aspects. You know, it used to be the doctors in there, I don't know what to call it, Uh, I don't know, ignorance, um, thought that all they had to do was make the recommendation, write the prescription, give the uh, appointment slip for the uh, blood test or x-ray, and that it would all be done. But I think now, with the help of social scientists, we can see what next has to happen in order that your recommendations are carried out. You know, the, the fella has to have the bus fare to get to the CAT scan or the Medicaid coverage to get the uh, antibiotic. So these are all barriers, and they can, be, they can be addressed. Many of them can be fixed, leading to more effective care. Well, in dermatology, um, we don't just give people pills. We give them creams to put on, and I, I think I... You, you haven't used the word adherence to treatment or concordance or compliance, but well, how well people use their medicine is just, uh, and how, how to control that is just, um, I think, so much more important than the, than the pharmacology. This, this is Absolutely. fascinating. Absolutely. I'm, I'm surprised myself that I didn't use the word adherence. That's what I've been talking about, is what, what within the patient's power allows him or her to actually follow the advice. Now, beside um, the causes of disease and the barriers to treatment, 
The report mentions um, the social and behavioral sciences have a role in actually treating disease. Mm -hmm. um, and that list lengthens every day. Um, I think probably the, uh, the most commonly known ones are things like um, Alcoholics Anonymous, Narcotics Anonymous, all of the um, support group uh, um, approaches to illness and chronic illness. These are not pharmacologic interventions. They're social interventions. They're cultural, interpersonal, storytelling interventions. And these help people stay sober or, or um, off, off drugs. The more we know about the connection between mind and body, the more we are powerful in helping persons overcome uh, illness conditions that are caused by stress and caused by um, uh, psychological states. Uh, I think it's, it's recent, isn't it, Steve? It's recent that physicians and nurses feel confident enough that some disease states, some symptoms, uh, are not based in a faulty organ, but rather a consequence of a person's state of mind. And that if you can encourage the person to deal with the fear, the anxiety, the, uh, the stress, uh, that they'll be healthier. So I think that opens up a whole other arena where ordinary doctors and nurses and, and uh, physical therapists can really uh, improve the health status of, of patients. You mentioned culture. Mm -hmm. And... Um, you know, when I think that there's, I don't know, what is it, 50,000 highway deaths a year, yeah. um, divorce rates probably affect health and affect, uh, well, how people are cared for as they get older and, and how our society manages all that. It seems our, our culture is intimately linked yeah. with our health and yeah. that uh, maybe there's a greater role for physicians to play in this arena. Absolutely. I mean, a simple thing like, being curious about what your patients eat, being curious about the cultural rituals, um, uh, sometimes to kind of, how can I say, take advantage of them, uh, and other times to gently encourage persons maybe to uh, adopt additional habits. You know, I mean, some of the some of the diets are loaded with fat and starch and you know, things that make it hard to keep a good weight. Um, so absolutely, whether, it, whether it's food, religion, family structure, uh, these, all thing, these things all matter a great, great deal in how healthy a person is. Well, you're talking about the doctor and the individual patient, and clearly that's all critical. And I was just wondering your thoughts on the physician's role in the global culture and trying to impact that. I mentioned health policy as one of the aspects of social and behavioral sciences. Um, I think that physicians have been um, quite silent in the uh, country's recent debates and discussions about health care reform. Um, ever since the marketplace took charge, uh, I believe that doctors uh, were worried enough 
that they would lose their patients to, you know, managed care firms. So they rather quickly signed up and went according to the guidelines of the private insurers. Uh, I think we're paying for that now. And I think that physicians have not had experience, training, confidence, uh, uh, passion for entering into these critical conversations about legislation, about governance, about um, how the states and we the people value the health care that our citizens get. Uh, I would love to see more participation across the board from health professionals, and I think one reason they don't do it is they may not have gotten the tools they need in their medical school training to know how to be an advocate for a particular patient or an advocate for the citizens of a city or county or state. The social sciences are clearly as fundamental to medicine as biochemistry and physiology. In many ways, behavioral and social sciences have a greater impact on the day-to-day practice of medicine than the biochemistry and pharmacology and, and more basic sciences that are stressed so much in medical and even pre-medical education. We're going to, to continue our discussion with Dr. Sharon next week when we speak to her about narrative in medicine, about storytelling and its importance in interactions between doctors and patients. Getting Better Healthcare has been brought to you in part by Leo Pharma. Our theme music is by the incomparable Michael Zioli. Until next time, I wish you the very best of health. Thanks for listening to the show today. Remember to go to DrScore.com to get and give feedback about your doctor and to read others' recommendations about doctors in your area. It's a way to choose your path to healthcare empowerment. That's D-R-S-C-O-R-E.com. DrScore.com. And we'll see you next week right here on Getting Better Healthcare.